0: Hey there, guys. I wanted to tell you about something new. I've launched a Patreon account, patreon.com slash Andrew Brandt. People have asked about getting more content, more insight, more information from me, and now that's available through various tiers. If you're able to join on patreon.com, you can get shoutouts from me. You can get the Business of Sports podcast transcripts. You can get Ask Andrew Questions, weekly newsletters, all kinds of ways to interact with me, including a monthly conversation about whatever you want to talk about, jobs in the sports industry, breaking into sports. It's all available now on Patreon.com, Andrew Brandt. If you're able, please join, select your tier, and be able to have further content and interaction with me. Patreon.com slash Andrew Brandt. I hope you join. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. That music you hear underscoring me is from one Sam Brandt, my son now in LA making his mark on the music world. It's a brand's rants edition of the business of sports. And yes, it's going to be pretty much all COVID related talking about what's going on and what, especially what has happened in football since last we spoke. I've had some guests lately. I haven't really given you some rants on where I think things are going. I want to get to that and I'll do that right now. What has happened since we talked last. Is the NFL and the NFL Players Association have a deal? And kudos to them because when they last left each other, it wasn't that long ago. It was five months ago. They did a deal in March for 11 years with CBA. As everyone knows, I was critical of that deal on the player's side. I thought giving up that precious commodity of a 17th game, they didn't get enough in return, especially going so long and only having a percentage of revenues go up next year and nothing beyond that for 11 years or 10 years after. So that's where we are, but they got back together and they probably thought they wouldn't be negotiating again for maybe 10 years, but alas, here we are. The NFL and NFPA came to a deal. And just like baseball, as I suggested so many times, two parts, one, the health and safety protocols, the infectious disease protocol, the emergency response plans that are now approved from every team by the NFLPA. And then, of course, the money. And the money, uh, let me just say a couple things on the money. I do think that when people were suggesting that the NFLPA had leverage because in this new CBA there is no force majeure clause from the league side, as there is, say, with the NBA or the N- Major League Baseball, it does seem to me that you look at that, and as many people pointed out, even people who I respect, will say the NFLPA had leverage. Well, if they had leverage, they didn't really use it that well, and I think the basic answer is they didn't try to squeeze the NFL like the NFL sometimes tries to squeeze them when they had an ounce of leverage, because here's what happened. Everyone talked about the 2021 cap going down so much, and even there was a report floated by NFL media that the, N- the 2021 cap would go down to $40 million dollars. And of course, they got together and negotiated and what's happening? Well, the 2021 cap will go down about $40 million because what we come out of the agreement with on the cap side is a 2020 cap with no reduction, still at 198 two, and a 21 cap that will be no lower than, no lower than 175 million. Now we're essentially at about 200 million with a normal increase, it'd be close to 215 million in 2021. Now going to 175 million, which may be the low end, hopefully higher. But that's 40 million between 215 million and 175 million. That's 40 million. That's exactly what the NFL floated as a number that it could go down to in 2021. And lo and behold, they got it. At least it seems they got it. We don't know what's going to happen with revenues. Whether it's going to be as I projected early on a 20% loss on. $15 billion of NFL revenues, which would mean a $3 billion loss, which would mean, you know, again, bringing down the cap 20%. I don't know if that will happen. There will be some further smoothing out of the losses in 2022 and 2023. But again, the NFL caught most of what it wanted out of this. As to 2020, you know, I think the spending will go down this year because they see it as getting in shape for 2021, which is going to go way down. Uh, And again, I'll just say very quickly, don't get me started again. It seems to me my usual rant. The fact that the NFLPA has not held the owners more accountable for team spending is a real problem because minimum team spending is graded in tranches of three or four years, and it's only 89 or 90%. That's not enough. That allows teams to maybe coast this year and knowing they're going to have a small cap next year, they can spend to that next year. So I just see that there's going to be some problematic spending on players this year. Also, what no one points out is that adjusted caps are much higher than the stated cap of $198 million. So they can be within the spending frame that's required because that only applies to the real cap of 198 not to their much higher cap. And again, in other words, if the adjusted cap... I mean, if the real cap, eighty-nine percent or ninety percent of two hundred million is whatever it is, one hundred and eighty-five million. But that one hundred and eighty-five million is all you have to spend to be within the guidelines. But your cap may be two hundred and twenty million, so you're really spending like seventy something percent of cap rather than eighty-nine percent of cap. I hope you followed that. Basically, the, the the point is. In the last CBA, nor this CBA, which I continue to point out, owners are not held accountable for spending, and this is going to allow them to have leeway here in this uh, in this unique time. So the big, the first thing to point out in the new economics for COVID of the NFL and NFLPA is no reduction in 2020. But I see owners holding back, holding their powder in 2020, even though we have seen the big extensions, obviously, for Mahomes, Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa. I don't think there's going to be a lot of that. And I think like every year, the veterans are going to be cut, and they'll have some savings on these opt-outs, which I'll talk about in a minute. And then 2021, all bets are off. If it's a cap of $175 the 89% is going to be in the $160 million range. And that's going to be some easy spending and a lot of cuts for veterans. We're really going to have a two tier system, even more than we do now of 60 to 65% of the team on rookie contracts where cap number conservatively can be as low as six, 700,000, as high as a million, million two, not, not bad at all. And then of course the stars. So you pay the stars and you pay the bulk of your team on rookie contracts. That's how you make that work. And people are doing that right now. It's not novel. Okay. Let's get to the big issue of this deal. Uh, The opt-outs as of this recording on July 29th, we have a lot of opt-outs Just you know names that people know and names that people don't know a lot more and we're not even at the point where uh, The NFL and FBA said they can opt out from seven days where the formal letter is, is established There's no formal letter right now so the opt-out period will be at least seven days longer. And here again on July 29th, we're talking about names like Dante Howard Hightower, Nate Solder, Damian Williams, Devin Funches, Marquise Goodwin, uh, and more. Laurent Duvarnay-Tardif. I mean, these are frontline players and they're opting out. And we're going to have a lot more. Am I surprised? No, this is a I keep talking of this. No one knows about this disease, and the, the thing that I worry about this disease is not that they'll recover. Well, a few things I worry about. Number one, you would expect most of athletes to have good outcomes. They're young, they're healthy, they're strong. But there will be not good outcomes, and I'm not even suggesting something abominable such as death. There will be not good outcomes. It's just the, the, the statistics show it where there'll be continued vascular issues, there'll be continued breathing issues, there'll be lung capacity issues. That will happen. And I think that the league has to decide, all leagues have to decide, what is the acceptable number of negative outcomes? That's really, if I'm sitting in these meetings among high-level league executives, what is the acceptable number of unfortunate outcomes that they can live with? Because there will be some. And it may not be just players and maybe coaches, maybe staff, maybe people around the team, maybe the people that have interactions with the team, not even family, but just people that interact because they're not bubbling. Now we have an incredible positivity. I shouldn't say positivity because that means testing. We have incredible good news with regard to COVID with the leagues that are bubbling. The NHL, major league soccer and NBA incredibly. Good news. Lack of tests, uh, lack of positive tests. And this is amazing. It just shows you what bubbling can do. And again, when I speak of bubbling, people are sort of set in and they can't go anywhere. No positive tests. I'm recording this from the Greenbrier. World Team Tennis is here. 150, 200 tennis athletes. It's great. I love tennis. I'm seeing the best in the world. They're all around here. In the resort, in the hotel, Sloan Stevens, Kim Clijsters, Sonia Kennan, the Bryan brothers, and so many others. And no tests, no positive tests. Now they're interacting with all the guests like myself, but they can't leave. The players can't leave the resort and they're lucky. It's nice. It's only three and a half weeks, but these other leagues and NBA's for the teams that advance, it's going to go in October. So we'll see how that lasts and people break and all those things. But, okay, I digress to all those leagues that are doing great. We'll get back to Brant's Rants in a moment. First, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. They've brought their expertise to legal sports betting, a legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S. You can rest assured your funds are totally secure, safe, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. There's a baseball promotion going on. Pre-game bet of at least $25 on your home team. For every home run they hit, you'll get a $5 worth of free bets if sportsbook not available in your state don't forget about draftkings fantasy app they're offering a share of one million dollars for this weekend's golf tournament so download the draftkings sportsbook app use the code ross or ss for a limited time all new users can sign up bonus get a sign-up bonus of a thousand dollars that's right draftkings sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to thousand dollars just enter code ross when you sign up only at DraftKings sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an indiana 1-809 with it. The other part of the NFL going now. now, of course, is the... COVID-19 list, which either means you have the virus, or you've been in close contact with someone that has, and of course the names are Fast and Furious going on here, I just read about Lane Johnson on the Eagles, there's going to be more and more of those. Okay, so this is a highly virulent, highly transmissible disease, I continue to wonder how are we doing this without a bubble? Baseball has it under control except for one team, the Marlins. I wonder if they're going to be kind of kicked out because they're already a condensed season. And when you have already a condensed season, how are you going to allow for moved games, rescheduled games with so many moving parts, so many teams that are affected by one canceled series? How do you fit it in? Other teams are traveling this, that, etc. cetera. Baseball dealing with that and good for baseball. They don't have any outbreaks beyond the Marlins right now. But let's get back to football. (laughs) As I've said, and it's an obvious point, the definition of practicing and playing football is ops is the diametrically opposed to social distancing. There will be contact, as there will with the NBA, Uh, but there won't be bubbling. So it's going to happen. The odds are, I mean, every team is into analytics and statistics and quantitative models. That all will suggest there will be infections. And, you know, I think we're coming to realization how hard this is going to be to thread the needle. It has nothing to do with whether I or anyone else wants football, loves football, likes to see it happen. I mean, those are just silly, stupid comments by people. But uh, can they thread the needle on this? No. I don't know. I'm not optimistic uh, that we have an uninterrupted season. I'm not optimistic that the NFL can thread this needle that society as is having a hard time threading. Um, We'll see. I'm hopeful like everyone, of course love the sport. Uh, But the fact that we love sports or we want sports or we're bored or it's good for the country. Come on. (laughs) Is it the right thing to do health wise? It's a public health issue right now. It's a public health. It's a pandemic Enough said, okay, some business points on this opt out. It's unfortunate that I seem to have been the one that point this out on Twitter where so many people get back to me saying, I didn't know that. Well, you should know this. The voluntary opt out of a hundred and fifty thousand dollars stipend is not a stipend. I don't know. I don't know your definition of stipend. you listening, but what is a stipend to me a stipend is you get some money to spend on things. Like spend on your, on your food, on your, uh, on your lodging, on, on living. Well, stipend doesn't mean loan or advance, but that's exactly what this is. So what happens if you opt out is your contract is told. What told means is it's frozen in time. It really just sort of stands still until it's activated again when you come back next year. You come back next year, if you had one year left on your deal, you have one year left still. If you had two years left, you have two years left. You have two years left. You have three years left. And whatever terms and conditions of your contract, and of course you have to have a contract to opt out, restart. And this $150,000 will be taken back by your team. Now, okay. If you're on, under contract, you're a good player. You make the team in 2021. They take out 150,000, maybe it's installments throughout the year. Everything's good. What about all the players that don't make it? And what about this incredible loophole that players on the fringe now undrafteds can't do this, but players on the fringe of the roster say, I'm taking the 150,000. I'm out. They're not, they weren't going to make the team this year and they weren't going to make the team next year. It's free money to me. That's free money. So maybe when they're negotiating this final document between the league and the union, they somehow address this. I'm not sure how you re- re- refer to fringe players or not, because that, of course, is going to be impossible to define. But yeah, this is a loophole. This is 150,000 free money because I've been there. And uh, with the Packers, I've been giving out advances, and I, I know when we cut the guy, I'm not getting that money back. Good luck. Now, every now and then you get surprised and a player will pay you back, but good luck chasing the money. You know, you give a guy $150,000 this year, try to get it back next year. He's not on the team. You cut him. You already, uh, had an adverse uh, relationship because you fired him. No, you're not getting it back. You can file a grievance. You can go to court. You can get a judgment, but if you don't have the money, if the money's gone, it's gone. So this really is a loophole that, uh, I think people in the league have to realize they these voluntary opt outs for players that aren't frontline players. You're kind of giving away money and, uh, you may not get it back.
1: Okay. Then there are the high risk opt outs,
0: $350,000. If you qualify for one of these, obviously this is where I talked in recent months about TUEs, therapeutic use exemptions, where you can opt out with what it really is a doctor's note. This is kind of that version of that and that's 350,000. And you still get the accrued season and you don't have to pay it back. So those are real stipends. That's a real stipend. That's real money that you don't have to pay back. But for those who think this voluntary opt at 150000 is a stipend, come on, it's not. So we're seeing a lot of different things in football this year. Uh, we're seeing frontline players, medium players, lesser players opting out. In college football, we're starting to see players who may have draft aspirations in the top of the round. We're seeing them opt out like, why? Well, I'm not going through this college football thing, which is yes, maybe no, who knows conference only, maybe not, maybe play in the spring. They're going to train and spend the year getting ready for the NFL draft. We've seen the guy, the the corner from Virginia tech, there's going to be more. And it's going to be like training these athletes. First facilities, uh, not athletes first, athletes performance facilities are going to be kind of the door-to-door uh minor leagues for the NFL draft as much as the colleges in some levels. So these are going to be interesting things to consider as we look towards the 2020 season. And I think the basic point I want to make here is that everything about sports, especially the NFL, more than any other sport, it's about competitive balance. It is the mantra for sports. Uh, these leagues and teams and everything I teach in sports business and sports law are all about competitive balance. Competitive balance is the mantra. And why do we, we have, the system is created for competitive balance. We have free agency restraints with compensatory draft picks in baseball. You have all these free agency givebacks. We have free agency not allowed in baseball for six years and football for four years. We have restricted free agency where teams can make offers and rights of first refusal. And then, of course, we have the draft. The whole purpose of the draft is to level the playing field, allow the bad teams get the best players first. And then, of course, we have the cap in all sports but baseball, which really allows for complete artificial payments, artificial uh, caps on payments uh, to players so we can have competitive balance. That's why they're in place. Uh, the reason we have caps is to try to ensure a level playing field, not let money determine championship and get everyone on a relatively equal footing. Okay, competitive balance is going to be out the window this year because of COVID tests, because of positive infections, because of uh, different restrictions on fans and what you can and can't do in different jurisdictions and because of opt-outs you know the Patriots have major players opting out and more than anyone else right away they're competitively disadvantaged and I know some people will say well that's what Belichick wants whatever but competitive balance is kind of out the window this year and you can I don't know what people talk about asterisks or whatever but this is clearly going to be different everything about football systematically is about competitive balance competitive balance is out the window this year because of the virus listen March 11th NBA shut down and the league followed because of one positive test here we are in July there are thousands of positive tests in March there were hundreds dying if not single digits now we got 150,000 dead there's no vaccine <laughs> there's no cure People are still balking at masks. It becomes a political issue. It's, what are we doing? Uh, And that's why I am not optimistic about sports getting through this because sports is a microcosm of society. And again, sports is full of young people and young people are what they are. They're going to congregate. They're going to gather, they're going to get together. They already have, um, and we're going to see infections. So let's see where this goes. I don't mean to be pessimistic. And I think, again, we have to get away from the Twitter, uh, you know, nitwits that think saying uh, concerns about public health and concerns about safety are somehow against football. It's ridiculous. Anyway, that's where I am. Um, I'm loving seeing what's going on with the bubbles. As a, you know, today reading no positive tests with the NBA, we've seen com- continued no positive tests with hockey and Major League Soccer and the National Women's Soccer League. Soccer, by the way, uh, kicked two teams out before they started, which is interesting. Dallas and uh, Nashville never came to the bubble, and that's why I suggest maybe that happens in baseball. Maybe they just kick out the Marlins. You know, it could happen right now. I mean, people would say, well, you can't do that. You can't. There are no rules. I mean, we don't. I mean, there's no rules for COVID. We're making it up. We're building the air, airplane on the runway here. And kudos to everyone who's doing the same in education. I just listened to a conference call with a college my son's going to go to in three weeks as a freshman. They're doing a great job. Am I concerned? Yeah, he's my kid. I don't know what's going to happen down there. But I'm trusting that they'll do the right thing. And so many parents are with me right now, trying to figure this thing out. Okay. Um, that's where I am. I want to do a branch to sort of get you figured out where my thoughts are on this whole thing. Uh, I am hopeful. I'm really hopeful that the NFL as all these leagues can thread the needle. I'm convinced they're all starting. I'm not convinced they'll finish. That's the rants. Uh, and, um, the last thing I'll say is, you know, sports is a vital part of this country, but you know, uh, the way I tweeted earlier this week, I think we're hopeful saying we'll get through this. We're realistic saying maybe we'll start. I don't know if we'll finish. But i come back to where I started. If we were prudent, we'd just say, take the year off. You know, sports is, sports is all about contact and gathering, you know, that's not what we're supposed to be doing right now, but I get it. You know, the, the name of this podcast, it's business. I get it. It's all business economics matters. It matters a lot. Football, we're not going to shut down 15, $16 billion business. I get it, but let's just, let's just be clear. That's what we're doing here. You know? We are prioritizing business over health because optimal health would say, don't play. But business matters. And let's just get that out there. Okay. That'll do it for this week's edition of Business of Sports, a Branch branch edition. Thanks to my producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal, my son, Sam, for underscoring the music. Appreciate all your comments, Apple Podcasts, rankings, and comments. We really appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brand, and I'll be back next week with another edition of Business of Sports with Andrew Brand.